them come. This is their fate. Alright. Alright, alright. Welcome back to the House of Wolves podcast. I am your host, Deontay, here are my near and dear friends. Jalen and Josh, we got some topics, we got some stuff to talk about, we've been having fun, I've been loving me some multiverses, aka that new smash, <laughs> and uh, I got some stuff to talk about, not just multiverses, uh, that's a big statement, but I, I love that I can back it up with extra stuff, so we're going to talk about it, and we're going to have some fun today, but before we do, Jalen, Josh, I got any off the wall statements. I got any updates for the people. I got anything y'all want to say before we get into it. Uh, no, we we got a lot of topics to talk about. So I I think we I ain't got to start with the controversies today. <laughs> uh, I ain't got a whole lot to talk about either. The same old, so yeah, same old, same old. All right, all right. Well. Well, we know what we've been doing. We've been getting into that multiverse. So let's just start with um, let's start with that, and then I move uh, into other things we want to talk about. Nerf in uh, <laughs> summer twenty twenty two. Oh man, that's nerfing. Yeah, they they they're doing a lot right now. But um, honestly, Taz for the better. Um, I like to play with Taz. Do you still a lot. like him? Yeah, I still he, like he's much less of a menace now. Like I haven't like really noticed him online as much. I still like to play with him. It's a little bit diff- more difficult to get him to get you know turn people to, to really start cooking, cooking, turn them into chickens. Um, but it's 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 it's, it's not bad. It's like um, he falls in line with most other other characters. He looks to be a little bit or overpowered, but we know who has um taking that spot as of now ain't that right Jalen? <laughs> as of now you running Ooh. double fins you're going crazy with that coin back so uh, uh Jalen's, that's Jalen's character at this point uh, i mean at the at the at the beginning of it he wasn't a menace but you know everybody gotta it's it, i guess when you when you part to see you take back what taz was he was top tier you got it. Somebody else got to fill that void, and uh, it just so happened to be Finn the Assassin, Assassin Finn. So uh, I guess what... y'all been playing more than me, so y'all y'all know a little bit more. I, I feel like everybody in that game a little annoying, like because uh, I feel like the game just spammy. So you got to find the good spammers. Yeah. But I'm gonna let you go ahead and say well, what you gotta say. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't want to say that everything needs to be nerfed because everything doesn't. Um, Taz was was a little more difficult because he had such a large hitbox and and it had priority over a lot of hits. Um, it was just it was like really hard and difficult to deal with if someone just continuously did it because you had to be perfect when they just had to hit the button and that was the difficulty of it. Finn still is a character that is takes a lot of damage. Um, on so he's not as difficult to deal with if you're good at hitting combos and able to avoid his coin bag but he is um a very much so a strong powerful character so um he's going to rise to the top because he's very he's not easy to deal play with 
but he has a lot of tools in his tool belt that makes him a lot easier to play with. And um, it's just every time you play with someone like that, they it, 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 like I said, it's, it's always going to be someone out there that's a little bit better than most. He's, his sword has a lot of, like, I, I think it's called um, dislocated hitbox where his hitbox for his sword is off of his body so disjoint it or whatever yeah disjoint it so when he's hitting with his sword he has more area to hit so his he's getting protection from his from that hitbox versus um his actual body it's a little bit um it's a little bit of an advantage so that sword is what's causing him to be a little bit more easier to win in fights and win in matchups because of that uh, disjointed hitbox. Um, but I don't think he needs a nerf. Uh, honestly, I don't. I think maybe tuning in his hitbox to be a little bit more aligned with others. Um, but at, at the end of the day, he's a sword character and he has a sword. So I don't really know how to fix that. But. Um, I'm pretty sure the community will come up with something, but yeah, the memes have started. Double fins is crazy, um, and it's fun to see. But a lot of change has happened in the last what? It ain't been out for what four days, three days, something like that. Yeah, and like the open beta strategy in the open beta spot, but not the larger beta. I mean, there's other things I want to talk about, but multiverses right now. But what is Jar's opinion on the state? of the game and nerfs that have occurred um i think so i don't think nurse is a bad thing it's like it's you gotta balance the game and, and that's the whole point of the beta is to like get a lot of that stuff worked out before the game is quote unquote fully launched uh overall i think the game is pretty good i haven't had many online issues uh me and Jalen encounter like every now and then somebody might disconnect uh like lag out but um Overall, that's been pretty smooth. My problem is just like there's always gonna be spammy characters in in fighting games because that's what people gravitate towards because they're kind of like easy to get like um, the win matchups. But like you were talking about with the hitboxes, those are probably my biggest problem. Like I don't feel like a lot of characters need their moves nerfed as much, other than maybe like um. I don't know. I feel like Tom and Jerry might hit a little bit too hard in some situations, mm -hmm. uh, but the hitboxes are the biggest problem because, like, the Iron Giant, he'll like crash down and then hit the ground, and then it causes an explosion, which is cool. If you get caught in the explosion when it goes off, you should get hit. But it'd be like he hits the ground, the explosion goes off, the fire goes away, but the hitbox is still there, and so if you're trying to like attack him right after that, then you get hit. So I know that they were fixing some issues with that in regards to Taz and uh, Iron Giant. So I just want them to go through and clean a lot of that up. Like Superman has like a couple weird uh, attacks that like probably shouldn't be able to hit you when they do. Um, and as long as they can fix that stuff, I think the game will be in a lot uh, better place. It'll feel a lot better to play. Even if you're you still lose, like I don't mind. Like if a Superman is better than me, you should beat me. But I don't think he should grab me out of the air with his side grab if I'm, like, directly above him. Agreed. Agreed. Um, th th this game has made me start looking up stuff. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, I ain't gonna be toxic, but I just look up stuff like, 
what gets priority and i what i what i uncovered is that nothing <laughs> gets priority there's very weird way they handle clashes like in smash a clash is done where you both hit at the same time or you one has a stronger hit than the other you kind of clash or you would either one get priority over the other um this game i guess does not I, if, if i'm if i'm mistaken i'm mistaken but from what i was able to find out or look into it's kind of you get armor breaks that's 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 a that's a norm you got like the purple armor breaks and then you have people that can do armor attacks and like they are still push through that attack to hit but then when it comes to like if a heavy down and a a light attack uh, hits the, the heavy down can be interrupted does that make yeah. sense to you guys? Yeah, it, it makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what, I guess, are y'all, did y'all notice that immediately? Or is that something y'all just are still it's, filling out? Like, I don't, I, Jalen might look up stuff on Smash, but I usually don't look up uh, in regards to, like, movesets or, like, priority or anything like that. But you just try to, like, feel it out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, if... If Finn is doing his up attack and I'm doing my down attack, who's gonna win? And he beats me. And I'm like, okay, so I should remember that that in most situations, if we do it at the same time, he's gonna beat me. So I either gotta like uh, wait for his to end, or I gotta time mine perfectly. And but with this game, it was a lot harder to do that because I could never like gauge like stuff that I feel like should win doesn't win. It's like you know, it, it's just inconsistent. And I don't know how they're actually doing it, if it's, like, tied to lag or things like that. Um, so we'll have to see. But, yeah, I, I hope they're just able to, like, clean it up to where it's more consistent. Because that's one thing about fighting games is that they should be predictable um, in, in a certain sense. And that way it's it's purely based on skill and not as much luck. Yeah, absolutely. So... It's, yeah, so, and that's where I was kind of wanting to get you guys is, um, you know, you, you, you smash, you smash vets, um, opinion on whether or not it felt any clunkier or weird when you kind of do matches up, matchups and like something like not like that still hit me or did that still, I can't believe he kind of still was able to get through that attack when I'm like shoulder shoulder charging with LeBron and they like interrupted. I'm like, okay, what beats that versus what beats, you know, what does, what does LeBron's attack beat? So always gauging that. I always looked at it as, um, it's better to end either dodge or to land with a light attack. Mine was always, okay, if I can't, if I'm, if I'm coming down, there's no way I'm going to stop him from hitting me with his up smash or his up, um, special. Yeah. So I would either dodge or like move up, try to move out the way. But then there's hitboxes where even if you dodge the first portion, he can still like technically hit you a little bit. Or I'm just not dashing in a perfect sense where I'm like phasing through his attack. Um, For me, what feels different than Smash is definitely the like the armor mm -hmm. and the multi-hit attacks. Because like there are characters in Smash that have armor, but like when I'm playing Wonder Woman and like she has like her side shield attack. She pushes forward with armor and like it, it, ideally it should be like, okay, I can take one hit and 
the other characters should like get knocked back after I take that hit. And a lot of times it seems like some of their attacks just go right through it, and I, it's hard to gauge on that, and it feels like that attack is not as good or reliable because of that. But the other thing is that there are a lot of multi-hit attacks. Like, uh, obviously Taz, Span, he'll do like multiple spans, but then it'll be like Jake, he'll do his side attack, and the sword will hit you one time, mm-hmm. and then it'll hit you a second time, which actually sends you uh, launched. And like attacks hitting like that makes a lot of like armor attacks kind of not good because that attack is always going to beat my armor attack because it hits me twice. So it's not even about me taking one hit. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I I think like the, the biggest thing that bothered me in that game is like it's the it's like the hitboxes and stuff. Um, I know like specifically, I feel like it's this. Uh, this is just back, back when Taz was like more of a problem or whatever. I remember I was like, it's this narrow spot. If I do fins, it's like forward smash or forward, uh, whatever you're going to call it. Um, I'm going to just say smash for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. I had to swing the sword at this narrow window. You know, I got to calculate, you know, the, I'm putting it up in the air and then swinging it down. I need mm-hmm. to calculate all that when Taz do a spin and go get enough distance so I can initiate everything and get him out of that spin. But um, it was if I didn't do it right or if I got a little too close when I'm in the middle of doing it, I would just get sucked into Taz thing. And he might have vacuum properties or something to it. And I mean, that's fine. But there's other moves where I'm like, well, I'm a little away. And um, this move is like still hitting me. It's almost like it's like a... I don't know, it's weird. It's like an ext- extension because I feel like oftentimes when I'm playing that game, I get caught into stuff that I shouldn't have got caught into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, like a, a, a real, real bad example or a real, real excellent example of something that's like horrendous. Literally, Superman was flying into a wall. Like, this is a poor Superman I was fighting, and I was on top of this dude. And I timed it so the edge of my sword would hit Superman when he's doing that uh, little thing, and I just. Josh seen, I just warped into this dude like in front of him. I was just like, like this, this is dumb, bro. Like y'all, like mm-hmm. y'all got y'all got to do something about it. Like it don't it don't make sense. I'm like, so now I'm over here thinking like, can anything prioritize that or you know what I'm saying? Like how how am I supposed to get past this if it's not a projectile or something? If if I'm getting trapped in some of these moves, and Iron Giant got some bad ones too. Um, another thing is like the uh, the gang got a lot of hits done. Um, so like. I can normally time certain things that's going to happen. Like, all right, this move going to do that. They got this model and they're like, blah, blah, blah. But because my partner got hit, they froze and now they stuck in. Y'all two is froze because y'all made contact with each other. And then I'm still moving at normal speed and stuff. And then now I get hit. That's not as bad, but it's just like, it's it's probably, they can leave it as is. And you just, it'd be something you have to get used to. Cause smash got it too. We always call it like, like a, um, well, no, that, that's not exactly the same thing. But Smash got it, too. But it's just that every single move in that game almost does, like, the same thing. And I'm on a hit stun. And they're, like, slowing down and stuff like that. And that become a little bit of a problem for me. But, again, that's not as bad. The biggest thing is the the, the heart boxes. And even if you do got disjointed hit boxes, because that's normal in certain, in certain games, depending on how people fight or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But... The, to that extreme, like getting pulled into moves like Iron Giant, just stuff like that, man. I'd be like, bro, this like I'm over here getting wrapped up in all type of stuff, and I ain't even 
I timed it to get out of it and everything, and I still, you know what I'm saying? It's just weird, man. So, no. Um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that a um, few times where I'm just like, how did this not hit? Um, there's, 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 there's this weird sense of um, like lag when I'm trying to do my jump animations, um, and I, maybe I'm just not used to playing Smash, and I don't get when you should be putting in inputs um, to try to get better at you know juggling people in the air. So I just have to get more f- familiar with you know animation stops i don't know if i'm queuing too fast or what but it seems like it doesn't happen sometimes and um i just need to figure like more about that stuff out but overall the good thing about multiverses is that one you can talk to the devs two they're gonna they're gonna respond um they have a rank system and they're working on additional updates and they're already putting the time and effort into making the game more fun, uh, more refined. And that has already started with the task update. There's no, no lag behind. There's no, um, no disconnect as of now, obviously once the community gets super toxic and they're, you know, disrespecting devs, then it's going to be a problem, but everybody's being positive. So, um, internet go internet, but right now at least, you know, we have an open form of communication with some of the developers that are actually working on it. Um, so some of the things that actually have come out um, about the game as of now was their, you know, their rank rule set. It's going to be four sets. So you have to play, um, you have to be best, um, best two out of three. Um, it's going to have perks on. Um, in the rank set and there's going to be no double character teams and no bots so normally you will get um, replaced by a bot if you drop and then you can tell by the name change like by the botalicious or whatever the name whatever they name it to be um, it's usually got a bot in the name um, that's not going to happen so if some other teammate if your team your friend or your teammate drops you're just on, unfortunately going to be alone <laughs> Um, but then there's no double characters, so you ain't gonna run into two fins, which is good because I rather I rather have that in the regular mode. But I understand that's just the regular nine ranked uh, mode, so that might be interesting to play just because of that one rule. Like I really don't want to run up against no double characters. It's really annoying when it happens because they they literally do the same spam moves and they try to they just try to overwhelm you with the same moves. So. And that's where you have to just do 1v1s and then they try to run to their other friend or whatever and try to win. But more than likely, uh, double double characters are nothing but spam artists that don't really know how to play the game. Um, but from that even being already uncovered and, you know, discussions about characters that are going to be upcoming and all of this other stuff, it's shaping up to my... I mean, obviously, the perception in the game's reception has been well. It's been well. Like, the, the the community is growing quickly. People are actually enjoying to enjoying playing the game. People are starting to discuss it more than just from a enjoyability standpoint. They're really discussing the, fine, the finer and fine-tuning of the game. And it's really nice to have that, you know to be received that quickly because 
you know, it's just not normally the case. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's really the most, the only thing I really have about multiverses is the fact that they are putting in the effort and, um, I'm able to, you know, s switch from any console is cross play. All my stuff oh, is cross save. Um, they really did a really good job of just making everything feel seamless. So all I got to do is turn it on and I'm in a match with you guys. It's not a cumbersome online system. It, it, it dissects who's online and it keeps everything, you know, straightforward. And the battle system isn't trash. It's not like a terrible battle system. You can do your dailies in a couple hours, get off and play the next day. It's not like a, it needs all your time to finish the battle pass either. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. If you guys want to follow up with anything, um, but if not, we can move on. Um, yeah, but, I was just going to say real quick that um, I I don't know how I feel about the skills and perks being on in ranked, but yeah. also I know that it's a part like built into the game. Yeah. With like Smash, Smash has a bunch of like customizable portions and stuff, like especially Smash 4, where you can like literally pick different moves mm -hmm. and it kind of sucked because some of them were interesting and characters were better with their alternate moves, but none yeah. of that was available for like ranked um, or like competitive play because in a competitive setting, just like having those many variables are hard to balance and people don't like all that different variability. And mm -hmm. so same thing with this game. Some of the perks are really good. Like I think having like triple jump is a real big can be a real big difference for like some teams and mm -hmm. that's not gonna like some people are not gonna like that when they just get paired up with people with like really i don't know strong uh perks and it, it's gonna yeah. take a lot to balance those as well because you got to balance the character you got to balance the individual perk and then you also got to think about okay what if these perks are stacked with other abilities and stuff like that so i think it's gonna be um hopefully a, a learning opportunity for the devs to like see if they can get a good handle on how they want to do this stuff um but yeah it, i think that's just always going to be controversial for some people in a competitive setting yeah. but I, also i don't want it to be necessarily removed because like some of the like uh what are the big perks the main perks give your character um like really unique changes to their moveset Oh yeah, and removing that, yeah, you lose like a big part of the character. So, yeah, LeBron James has has become significantly better once I was able to unlock the armor because I I just mm -hmm. I start off with throwing that basketball, get my armor, and get to work. So, it's really a, a game changer in how I fundamentally play LeBron, which makes it more refreshing. Um, obviously, there's other parts uh, and other perks that could make it more entertaining to play against if he someone else plays to choose a different thing um but yeah overall the game is is giving them a lot of variety i'm okay with perks being on right now i'm not i'm not at a point yet where i feel like man this perk right here that's on Hopefully other, other, yeah yeah other that's on is like really making this guy crazy good because really if I'm playing someone, they're normally going to try to put on the best perks they can possibly have. So I'm always getting accustomed to playing people with perks already on. But maybe they're going to start to get more 
you know, granular and more specific to the point where I don't see it often enough. And I'm feeling like, why is this Superman doing more than the other Superman? Or why does he have like the ability to, you know, do, but mostly they're just extending what they already can do and not really game breaking, but I get what you're saying. I, I, I would keep an eye on that. And that's probably important, uh, to keep, you know, um, like, you don't want it to be a destiny. That's all, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, For Honor, because that was part of the biggest issue. Like, the, how yeah. your perks were set up in that game really changed how the game felt. Uh, yeah. And made it not fun. <laughs> yeah. Anything from you, Jalen, before we move? No, I, I think it's fine. Um, just adding to, like, what some of the stuff y'all said with the perks and things like that. Um, I mean, I like... Like you said, it's nothing that's going to be nothing like real crazy unless they find like a bug perk or something like that. Or, mm-hmm. um, but I think it still adds a little bit of variability to the game. Um, I guess in a safer mode, because I mean, you're not going to really notice some of the perks anyway. I feel like the biggest perks that you really going to notice is going to be the, uh, the, um, like the gold ones or whatever. Uh, but you only can get one of those. And at the moment, I think everybody only got two different ones they can choose from. So, um, and then it just might add a little bit of an extension of something that you already know that they can do. So, um, I think it's I think it's straight. I mean, if they're gonna have like some t- like in a competitive scene or whatever, like I would I think it would de- deviate from Smash instead of being like because people would label it as like a Smash clone and stuff like that. So, um, that gives us some variability. Yeah. No, absolutely. Or give people that feel at least. So. Yeah. So, um, agreed. Summing up, we enjoying it. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, making sure we keep that stuff, you know, tame. Yeah, it's a decent Smash call. <laughs> nah, it's the new Smash. What you talking about? That's new Smash. That's not the Smash clone. That's new Smash. Man, but... don't, don't make Sakurai come out of retirement. It's gonna uh, make Jalen annoyed. <laughs> Man, he still he still he gotta let his arm heal, um, but <laughs> but yeah, nah, it, it's it's a fun time. But anyway, moving on. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Quest Two, the Quest um, Meta Quest to getting a price hike, like dead in its in, in the middle of its. Uh, I don't know. I I it's like it's it's a hundred dollar price hike. And I've never, like, really seen a technology item that's been out for this long really get that type of price hike. Um, obviously, Facebook is not doing the greatest. They put a lot of money into MetaQuest, Meta, the um, the online infrastructure of that VR system. It's a lot of money. And obviously, they're bleeding because not a lot of people are advertising. At the end of the day, it's an advertising company. If people stop buying and people stop, you know, caring to buy, these companies are getting tighter and tighter margins. First thing that gets cut is advertisement, mostly likely. You would think that would be more spending in it, but most of the time, they cut advertisement and try to hopefully hope for the best that their customer base has grown enough to keep them sustained. That is usually the norm. So, Facebook bleeding. It's it's a recession, obviously. It's not formally announced, but uh, we've had two um, negative, I think, the neg- yeah, negative, shoot, I'm, now I'm trying to remember the thing, GDP. Is it GDP? I don't really know. It's, I think it's GDP. Um, 
and I should know this, but I don't care. But yeah, it's it, it. We have reported two negative quarters. Um, so that is basically an indication that we are in a recession. Um, but yeah, MetaQuest simply was like a hundred dollars more. Obviously, by far, is still the cheapest VR system, probably the most advanced VR system, and I think it should have been six hundred dollars from the beginning, but it ain't it was three hundred dollars and that's where it started and that's where they left it so that's where we're going to start at um i'm not going to talk about the the actual value of the device because i always told it it was a great it was the best deal in the vr um but we're going to talk about providing a product for a certain amount of money once the recession hit up hike in that and whether or not that could be impactful to any other uh, council systems or technology outside of it. Um, from me saying all of that about the GDP and like all of the recession and all that crap, um, what is your guys' thoughts on the Quest 2? And we're going to start with uh, Josh. What is your thoughts on simply them raising the price? Like, Yeah, I think it's a bad look overall even though i understand the reason behind it uh because like with the economy worldwide things have been uh weird for a while and now we're feeling the impact because like Mm -hmm. uh, governments try to reduce it with like stimulus and different things with like people going into quarantine but all that is like having different effects around the world and now we're going to start feeling it in other places so companies are going to do what they can to, um, you know, maximize profit or at least recoup losses that they're getting right now. So the the MetaQuest was a really good VR system. Like you said, it was um, priced lower than probably what it should have been just to get people into the ecosystem. That's what yep. companies always do. Like the PS, Xbox and PS5 uh, probably should be more expensive than they are, but they have to keep it low to get people to buy it. Exactly. But um, so you're going to start to see where companies aren't getting as big a profit margin. So they want to try to hopefully get some of that back. And you could see more technology get uh, price raised. Like like I was saying earlier, the iPhone, they've been increasing their price over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have never seen it happen to a product that's already out, like you said. Um, yeah. The Quest, MetaQuest 2 or whatever has been out like a year. And people have been able to buy it. It's probably on sale somewhere for maybe a little cheaper than MSRP. Yeah. And now they're going to raise it. And so it's just really weird because, like, for the consumer, there's no benefit to you. It's like they're just taking more money from you. Exactly. Uh, and you're not really getting anything out of it. Where in the past, like, uh, I think Jalen might have brought it up. They usually just redesign it or at least make you feel like it's a new product. And, oh, we gave you more storage. Or we gave you, you know, it's a different color or it's called Elite or something like that. Just to get, um, give the customer a benefit. And that my whole point is that I I don't mind if they raise the price. It's probably necessary. But they're not, uh, they're taking advantage of their customers in this sense where they're not actually. Um, providing a actual, uh, an actual benefit. They're just raising yeah. the price. Now there is, um, and let, let me let me let me shoot to Jalen before I make my next point. Jalen, what do you think about the price hike in general? 
y'all know I'm TP McCheapskate, Mr. Frugal himself. I'm not just playing. But uh no, nah, like in all seriousness, I think like um I think it's important to take like a, a step back and realize like like what is electronics and or or technology and you know what I'm saying, and just like really analyze it. Like technology from the start to finish, technology got like a, a real short lifespan, like because there's constantly always something else that's coming out that's gonna be better. And with that shorter lifespan and something's always been better, like they come on iPhones every year, Androids every year, TVs every year, like in the midst of like the PlayStation and Xbox and stuff, they probably we we assume that they're gonna come out with a PlayStation Five um Pro or you know what I'm saying? Just, just something yeah. something Xbox greater gonna come out or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so like with that being said and a lifespan being short you can't put something out with a short lifespan and then have it be in the midst of its lifespan and then you just randomly be like, hey, it's going to be a price increase. If you're going to come out with something like that, it usually needs to be like what Josh was saying. Like, um, I guess he took my words, but not. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it needs to be some sort of upgrade. It needs to be some sort of benefit to the consumer. Even if they just, you know, if they, we had talked a little bit about like the PlayStation 5, maybe or Xbox might have to get an increase because it's necessary for the company to be sustainable, right? right. But they can't come out with a PS5 doing the same thing and um, you still got 825 gigabytes. Like they, they at least need to be like, whoa, this PS5 is a terabyte. The example that I had used before was I remember at one point in time, like, I don't know if it was like the, not this last holiday, but the holiday before or like three holidays ago. The uh the PS4s they was hard to find like they was, um I think they was hard to find or people couldn't find them as much and I remember at one point in time the PS4s had became cheap like the Slims was out they was cheap yeah. but I think it was like the 500 gigabyte Slims but then the PS4 price went back up and I had looked into it a little bit and then I had found out that they came out with the Slim terabyte so like technically you get them more. They took off all the regular PS4s off the market and stuff like that. Only accessible one is the terabyte now. So now it's like, all right, well, I'm getting a skinnier PS4. I mean, you know, you could argue if that's really a benefit. But, I mean, it's convenient, right? It probably way less different things like that. And then you got more space now. Now you got double the space. For people that don't know about space and how much, you know what I'm saying, it should really cost to, like, double it and stuff like that. I mean, we know a little bit more about it. But, I mean... It, it was a little bit more appealing to the people, especially if they just wanted to play a PS4 versus, you know, like, uh, well, this PS4 been out for a minute, the old one. They'd be like, yeah, we're going to pay 500 for it now just because, like, Sony need more money. Like, that don't that don't make sense. So the fact that the – now, bring it back full circle to MetaQuest, it just don't make sense for them to not give you anything. I know y'all had said a little bit they gave them a $30 MSRP game or $30 and they – increased it the whole meta quest 100 hours but it's still like you still coming out with dated technology mm-hmm. and you call you charging more people like charging more money for it so i mean i don't think it's right personally they should give you a little bit more something that could save them more money something they could you know cut costs with but still make the consumers feel like they're getting something especially a, a piece of technology that people not buying like that it'd be different if it was something more mainstream some something that people really really wanted Cause I'm sure it has been done in the past, but it's been something that was like deeply wanted, but not like a meta quest. I mean, cats just don't want it for real. So, yeah. Now, now, and and I am in agreement with most of what you said. I, 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 and now I want to shift to that business aspect. So, 
It has been, is they have mentioned that they are planning on coming out with a newer product by the end of the year. Um, technically, what they have done for themselves that they that they have dug themselves a hole of competing with said self. If they only can compete with said self, and they have tried to keep the price of the Quest and Quest Two similar throughout their years, if they come out with a better technology and um, it and it's not as of an incremental, it's not a, it's not it's, it's only an incremental change and not a big change. What causes them to allow them to, to charge more? Why wouldn't people run to the Quest 2? What they're doing now is they are literally creating their price format in the midst of of the in the cycle of their newer console. They want to increase the price. They want to do it with incremental changes. And this is my opinion. And they're going to do so by one, causing the older one to seem less advantageous. Because then now it's more expensive, but you're and then you're going to bring out something with more incremental. Maybe it's a higher resolution and can do just some things a little bit better. Now they have set themselves up to fall into that space of the iPhone, where they no longer have to compete with with what's what else is out there. Maybe this is what would cause them. Because I still think they're selling it for a um, they're selling it at a loss in my opinion. It's a VR headset for $300 and it does so much and it's all wireless, right? It's like computing, everything is in-house, it's all housed in. That is very hard to do at a cheap price. Um, so, and that's why, you know, PlayStation hasn't announced theirs. There's probably gonna be like $600 guaranteed, probably like 500, the same amount as the as the console itself. I, I, I can almost guarantee that. Now, now that they're pricing themselves into this wedge, they one can raise the price without much recourse, even though they already have pretty much they have cooped. They have already gained the amount of money that they plan on gaining from the Quest 2. What they don't want to do is that the people that currently have the Quest 2 to feel OK about their purchase they want them to feel like want for the next so they got to have something to push them to the next and one of those things could be or the newer people that's coming in um is to raise the price on the old cause that other one to level up a little bit more which you get so much more uh, benefits and that could essentially eat the price that it costs for them to truly make those those quests and sustain themselves because they are bleeding that makes a lot of sense to me, but obviously it supports it's in poor taste because if you thought you could sustain yourself, like who's doing your forecasting? If you're if you're thinking you could sustain yourself through a certain period of time and you felt like it was all trajectories were going up, what is the forecast of the worst case scenario? Why why not budget that into the price point of your quest immediately? Why even uptick this one when you know if you do the right things on the next quest that you're saying is coming out this year, why not push those price updates to that device? Do you think because it's such a substantial change and difference that people would not even consider that one and just go with the one that you made very well refined? Because like, don't get me wrong, these meta quests and this, uh, these, these, these quests and quests too are really good devices. They're not meant, they're not made 
to be torn up. I've had mine for a very long time. Granted, I don't play it that much, but it, it, even if I turn it on now, I turned it on a couple weeks ago with my with my um, brother, and everything still worked. Everything worked fine. So I don't think they're making terrible products. I just think that they again cause themselves they they cause themselves to compete with themselves. And now that they're trying not to do that or make it seem more um more level headed, they're raising the price on the old to introduce a better price that could fit their, you know, their their pricing model. Um and on top of that, the sense of no they the sense that they're already giving away this product for much for a for a bad price makes them want to do this more. So I could have saw this coming more than I could see this coming for the next thing we're going to talk about within this same topic about the other consoles. But um, yeah, I guess business-wise, that would be my my take. Um, understanding that that is a business decision, understanding that that's what's the best for that company, you guys can take it as, you know, as you, as you want, but... Um, that's all I kind of wanted to say on the business point of it. I, I get the yeah. fact that everyone is going to feel a way about it, but they have to, they have to course correct. And in order for them to course yeah. correct, they have to do something in order for them to be able to justify the next one coming out at a higher price. And I think this upgrade here is what's going to cause that next price to look a little bit better in the eyes of the consumer. It sucks still though, because, and that's where I say, if you um if you want a meta quest get one now um i don't think the next one is going to be much better um i honestly think it's going to be an incremental change but they're price adjusting in order to sustain their the production of that of that thing production of the meta quest environment production of meta in itself which is i don't know very strange to put all your your eggs in vr right now people still get stomach sick people don't like it that much people aren't comfortable in the VR space just yet. Obviously we're going to a digital age where everything is going to be digital. Um, and not a lot of stuff is going to be, um, it's, it's going to be interactions that's digitally done versus interaction that's, um, in a, in a setting, but people still love the outside. People still, there's still old people. There's not like young people that's going to take this on. Even myself, I enjoy getting out. I have transitioned from someone that is loved being at home to someone that loves being out and that has happened over the course of the last four years and that was not during my you know younger age self it was during my older age self when i get into that maturity of you know growing up understanding that it's more than life than sitting in a house there's more than life than just you know chilling and being at home do i like it a lot yes but is it something that i want to do on the day-to-day -day? no so that vr whole transition and being all all you can be within that vr system it's going to be a hard sell for a long time so they have to they have to course correct and they have to do it fast and this is the most abrupt thing i've ever seen in technology in a while so yeah this made all the sense to me in a, from a business aspect yeah. uh and yeah. it, like you said from a business sense it makes sense and i i fully understand it uh, it's just it's always a fine line you have to walk with like public perception for yeah, your products absolutely. because absolutely. you don't want customers to feel burned or like they're getting uh, 
I'll just say shafted on their purchase because like mm-hmm. buyer's remorse is real and people are always going to like reconsider that these big purchases. And if your price is going to increase with this one, it's like, okay, well actually maybe I should not buy the Oculus three. I should buy the mm-hmm. Oculus four because they're going to just keep changing stuff like raising prices or discontinuing stuff year by year. That makes consumers, even though it might not be rational, it makes consumers uneasy, and that's never what you want to happen for your expensive product. Whereas at least when co- consoles do the same thing, they're trying to smooth it over. Like, here's a obvious benefit. We just doubled your storage or whatever, and that makes people feel a little more comfortable, even though the reasons behind it are the same. Now, um, and I agree with a lot of that now, for the consoles... Um, what are you guys' takes on what will those ever see a uh, price hog? I know before I get into my decision, I, I would like to hear what you guys think about it. Let's go with Jalen. What do you think about the Xbox or the um, PS5 ever receiving a price hike? Um, I mean, obviously, as a consumer, I don't. I want the lowest price possible, especially if you've been a uh, cheapy but cheapskate. But um, from a business standpoint, they got to do the they got to do what they got to do in order to sustain themselves. Um, if I don't want to invest in what, you know, it's my money, I can do whatever I want. But obviously, I need to understand like society, inflation, everything else that comes with it and the price hikes that are going to be imminent. Right. Um, I just my only thing is I don't want to pay for something that I'm like the whole technology thing. I can't pay for something that y'all give me the same. If I got an iPhone 12 right now and then the iPhone 12 come out a, a year later, it's the same one and it's doing the same exact thing and it ain't got no different insights in it, or at least it tricked me per se. I put, you know, I, I'm not going to get tricked, but, you know, as a consumer to make me feel tricked or whatever, blah, 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 that I'm getting something more, then I mean, I can't bang with it. But if they're, uh, I mean, I, I might have phrased that wrong. If they're not going to like do any of that, then I can't rock with it. If they are going to try to show, like, you know, we care, blah, 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 then that's fair. I mean, because the company can't keep making these things if they're not getting the revenue they need to in order to make the things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yep. you got to give the get, kind of. So I understand all of that. Um, and then, but I also understand that as companies, sometimes they got different connections. They can get stuff in bulk um, where you know, they get it directly from the manufacturer where they get it at a certain price because, you know, in a life of a product, retail is like the last step of the life of the product. And retail is going to be, is going to cost the most and it's going to cost, and it's for, you know, the people that made it, the people that transported it, the workers that got, you know what I'm saying? All that type of stuff. You're paying for all that stuff for retail or whatever. So if they get in a little terabyte, you know, it's going to cost, let me just go to PlayStation. They got 825 and they got a terabyte. The PlayStation is 500 now. If they can get a terabyte, it might cost them maybe from 825 to a terabyte. It's going to be maybe like five hours or something like that. Well, mm-hmm. I can't go. I mean, I could go buy a hard drive and all that type of stuff, but I can't do that. I don't have the powers or, you know, the expertise to go put a terabyte in a PlayStation. So I'm going to have to go pay that $100 difference and stuff like that if I want another one or whatever that may be. But that's fine, though, because I'm getting more than what I got before. Like, um, Obviously, they can do a lot more different things and stuff, but you just can't be packaging the same thing and be like, yeah, bro, we got a new box, big dog. Like, come get this $600 PlayStation. Like, you know, so. Yeah. 
yeah i i i um yeah so from my standpoint and from what i see for the playstation and the xbox as i don't foresee them ever having a price hike i think they're a lot smarter than facebook uh, facebook is a newer company Microsoft and Sony been around for a while. Um, they make decisions that are smart and they make educated choices. Um, they're going to do a PS4. They're going to do a PS5 Pro before they do a, a PS5 hike. Uh, they're going to do an Xbox Series X Pro before they do a, a, P, a P Xbox hike. They're not. They're smart to know that their money is not in the consoles. Um, they're smart to know that they're software based. Um, Facebook, unfortunately, had the bright idea to sell a product well worth its money for a much cheaper price. Um, obviously, Xbox and PS5, they try to hit the best that they can do. Um, their Xbox is going to make money off of the Xbox Series S sales, as well as, as production and um, the value of the production or the, 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 the supply chain, you know, as it loosens and things become a little bit better made and faster made and easier to make and the products and things that they need to, uh, are, are becoming cheaper and cheaper. That is tends to what happened and then they can make the product different. And that's usually when you get a, a, a redesign. A redesign is nothing more than them, you know, getting t cashing in on the opportunity to better make it and make it for cheaper. So you get more plastics, you get less automation you get those you know you get the ps4 those things those touch sensitive crap i mean put a button on that mug make it cheaper so that's what they do that is how they make money off of the council but the product itself isn't that it's the ecosystem um i think that the, they have a much better handle on it i never will see, i think i will never see a price hike from these two large companies um i don't think i see it from a nintendo they're smarter than that um but it, I, I, I can see technology in itself. Like they have and the, the, the fortunate thing for certain companies like Apple, Google, Samsung is they have tricked the consumer into believing that they're putting out better products. And that is the case. So they have tricked you into believing that this yearly update is needed. It is never needed. It is just like their Mac computers. It is just like their PCs. You don't need it. Um, but people think they do, and they have tricked in marketing success. Um, the ability to upgrade through your companies or through your providers have allowed this buffoonery to continue. So everybody thinks that they need the most, the latest and greatest to do the same thing that they did to you know a month and a half ago. Is scroll instagram and and um put up pictures that's that's pretty much it you're basically buying a camera every year um but they have tricked you and that's fine as so that's really fine but these companies it's really hard to trick us at this point we have an understanding of what we need in order to play our better games um the it this that they have hit a, a a they have hit a position where what have you done for me lately means the most to pretty much both of these councils. Like if you're not doing the latest and greatest and the other council is is doing that and you guys are competing for the same market, 
it's really hard to start to trick people. Um, MetaQuest, unfortunately, had the the stake and the money to blow every other VR system out the water. Like nobody talks about the other VR systems because they're way too expensive and they have the lack of functionality that is necessary. Um, they're competing with themselves, so that is why I see that price hike. Um, I just will never think I will ever see it for these two things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my take. I'm sorry I jumped over you, Josh, but what do you think about the PS5 and the Xbox price hikes? No, I agree. Like, um, I expect at some point they, they're they having these same conversations about how to recoup their money and stuff like that, but they would approach it in a much smarter way. Like the PlayStation 5, obviously the SSD is really good and it's probably like actually very expensive. So they might not be able to double the storage, but they'll think about other ways to make a a PS5 more attractive, like reduce the cost of like making the console, you yeah. know, making it slim or giving out software or stuff like that. That overall makes a big difference to consumers because mm. even if, you know, you go to Best Buy to buy a PS5, but if Sony's like, we're gonna give you five free games, it's like that's enough to convince like, you know, moms or whoever buying these systems for their kids that it's a value add versus, you know, a, a six hundred dollar PS five that's just a PS five, you know. Yeah. Like they're they're bundling the Horizon edition with the PS five right now and they're they're charging a little bit more. I think it's a hundred dollars more or fifty dollars more. And um, at the end of the day, that's just a digital, you know, key that they are just giving away for that amount. But it's not really it's not saving you much. You just think it is. And mm -hmm. um, that is the that is what they proven to do time and time over and over again. Um, I think that's going to continue to happen. And once that once if we would really they would really have to be struggling in order for that to ever occur. And. I just honestly don't see that happening. Um, I think they're a little bit more better at forecasting and understanding their market and what they need to sell. And um, their focus right now is just getting the councils in the homes. Um, they don't have the problems that MetaQuest have. MetaQuest has probably stock sitting on the shelves that's not being moved. And they're probably understanding that they've reached the end of their line when it comes to people purchasing day to day. And now mm -hmm. they're and now they're adjusting for that that next step. So and they put all Correct. their money on VR. That <laughs> might yeah. not have been a good idea. No, I Correct don't think it was wrong. a good idea. But um, my bad. Correct me if I'm wrong. Just when it comes to like technology or like I guess in a like realm of technology, you got hardware and software. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I heard somewhere that companies make more money like they make more money on the software than they do the hardware. Not because like, obviously the hardware you might buy it once or, you know what I'm saying? It's always like the, um, what is, it? I'm trying to think it's the, I think it's the accessories that they sell. And then the software yeah. that's usually cheaper that like, then, then it does, then it costs to make the hardware. So they don't really, they, they want the hardware there. So you can use those accessories and you can use the, the software and stuff that they develop and stuff like that. Um, that's generally the case, right? Yeah, because yeah, uh, accessories are the cheapest to make, but they have like a biggest profit margin because a, a $5 cable, like, you know, Apple could sell it for 40 and you made $35 off that. 
Whereas software is expensive to make, but once you, you know, you spend a hundred million dollars on God of War, you don't have to make it again. You, it just stays on the store and always like gets you money. The problem with hardware is that it's expensive to make because they got to order all the pieces and have the manufacturers make it and ship it and stuff, but they don't, it, it costs almost as much as they sell it for. And there's no real way to make money off that. And the cost doesn't really go down because they got to like, because all the other, the steps, but uh, what is it called? Like the middleman, there's so many middlemen in that equation mm -hmm. that there's no way to like make money off hardware. It's never a great, it's never a great business model, the hardware. It's always the ecosystem. So regardless of what people think, um, like, you know, the, the reason why the SE exists, the iPhone SE is because they take a bunch of old hardware or hard and, and they repackage it and they sell it again as like a new product. But at the end of the day, it's the old casings. They have probably a bunch of those still laying around. It's it's easier to manufacture. And that's probably the most that the SE is probably iPhone's best selling or margin wise phone because Yes, they, they, they get you on their phones every year, and but they probably might have costs that associated with those newer models and production and, and all of that versus having things that they already have in cases that they already made and then incorporating that into their lineup. I'm, I'm assuming the SE would probably be their biggest profit iPhone out there right now because that is what they tend to do like that's the same model that you would have got with the PS3 Slim that had a sliding manual door versus that big PS3 like the reason why it slides in manual is literally because it's cheaper <laughs> so as you make stuff cheaper but you keep it the same price that's how you get your price on the hardware but software as Josh stated it's always out there. You spend your hundred million, you put it out on the uh, store. It's always going to continue to make money. It's like it's like the, and that's it's not. There's no middleman for that. You can either do it digitally, and you can send out some. Um, you can do some prints, but at the at the end of the day, they usually stop that, and you're usually going to see used market, and it's only you can find that stuff digitally. So that is like literally cutting out every middleman possible, and that's always going to give you some more revenue, and um, and then you obviously their subscriptions uh accessories things like that too so yeah um but that well that was how to make money 101 move <laughs> uh but moving on um the next thing that we kind of wanted to talk about um because I don't know why Josh is playing this game but he's playing it so we're gonna talk about it uh Fortnite um it recently had a big update, right, Josh? It was like not too long ago. When was that update? Um... Uh, let me see. Yeah, the season I think just recently started. Uh, I think we probably like halfway through the season because it ends mm. in September. Um, oh. I just, yeah, I just wanted to check it out because with online games, it's kind of like to the point where you check in every couple months if mm. you kind of like it, see what's new. If it doesn't grab you, it's all right because you can just jump on to something else. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have any like uh, multiplayer games that I play by myself right now. Like I was playing a little bit of Halo Infinite the other day, and it, it's cool. I still enjoy it, but uh, the stuff for this season so far hasn't grabbed me. And mm -hmm. I don't think Apex has like any good solo modes, so I just hopped on the Fortnite, see what was new. Obviously, they got all the the character skins and stuff like that you can buy, but um, the what I was playing is like 
because uh, they have the battle royale, and you know they also added the mode where uh, they added a permanent battle royale mode where there's no building. Uh, but then also from that they have like their custom games lobby, and it's a whole screen on its own where they have here's all all the top rated uh, custom games. Here are the ones that we at Epic. Uh, like ourselves and we recommend to you and they're all made by the community and so like i was just just jumping into those and like i was just surprised how different it feels like already the game they changed its movement so like it's a lot more dynamic the animations and the speed that you have feel a lot uh, more polished um you, they added things like sliding like apex you can grab uh mantle onto stuff like you know you jump near a wall and you can't reach the top and you just pull yourself up but th these are all stuff that are all in other games, but they're bringing it because Fortnite copies everything. They take all the best stuff from all the other games and put it into here, and it just feels really good because, like, you play it a year later and it feels like a completely different game. But anyways, in the in the custom game mode, it was just a lot of fun stuff that's like, oh, here's an RPG mode that somebody made, and they give you melee weapons, and the melee weapons have, like, real combos and stuff like that, and... It has like nine different like actual levels and it, it just felt uh really cool to have all this for free to jump into so anyway that's that's the whole thing that i was interested in i haven't actually played much of the battle royale because at the end of the day maybe fortnite's battle royale is not um as interesting to me like something like apex but it offers so much other stuff that no matter what they they offer something for everybody and that's I guess it's really cool about Fortnite because no other battle royale so far has that. Okay, um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, uh, this game did not start off as a battle royale. It started off as a creative mode. Um, a a Fortnite was meant literally to be you build a fort, you you protect it, and you survive a wave of enemies. Uh, they added the battle royale, and that became their biggest component. But at the heart of it, they were always a creative and innovative in that way, where you had the ability to make your own experience. Sometimes, um, even if it was refined or uh, confined to this type of mode, they just expand on that significantly. Um, what I'm seeing here, because I had to go look it up. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a Fortnite hater. I just know the the most people that I literally talk to about Fortnite, they're usually under the age of 12. And they have a lot of fun in it. And they enjoy it. And I'm happy for them to enjoy it. Um, I just never thought that there was a avenue for an older gamer to enjoy Fortnite, but obviously these kids sometimes they are because they're really good at minecraft and things like that they could be making these creator modes and making them to what they want them to be that sounds a lot interest more interesting than their battle royale um fortnite has very been very good at updating their game and i don't want to dismiss it from my previous experiences because at the, that point we still had fun in the game it just once it became a build of thon it became more boring and less interesting because you were just shoot at walls all day um so i know they have done things to 
to negate that and make it better. So it might be, maybe it's time to, to turn this game back on for a little bit. I obviously wouldn't want to party up with anybody else. I wouldn't want to play it alone. Um, but it maybe it's time to try some of the things that they have. Maybe it's time to give it an opportunity. Obviously, this game cannot just be built on the backs of babies and kids. Um, it has to be built on something sustainable. Um, there's a lot of grown people playing this game. And maybe they are entertaining a lot of children. But they are entertaining other people that find enjoyment in this game. Um, what did Fortnite got to do to get you back, Jalen? Uh, well, first off, we need you to stop being so not this way. <laughs> Anti-Fortnite, man. No, I ain't anti-Fortnite. Uh, I just know what it is. Yeah. At some time, yeah. at some point. At some point, I knew what it was. Now, I have no idea. So, Josh is right. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Um... I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not I was never really opposed to Fortnite. Um I think the biggest thing that turned me off about it is like y'all know me, I like to play games like casually and stuff like that. It's certain games that I want to play more intense, but for the most part I like to play games like where people ain't trying like way too hard and and I ain't even gonna say they were just trying too hard. It was just a huge gap of skill. Like when you shoot at somebody, I'll always say this. Uh, if Fortnite got to a point where you shoot at somebody, man, they'd turn around and <laughs> They built a, a five-star hotel with Wi-Fi and, you know, Drake standing here every now and again. Like, I can't – they do – they build that in, like, less than five seconds. I'm just looking like, well, I don't – I I can't do nothing at this point, bro. Like, I, I can't even build or switch. I built a wall by the time you built that hotel. So, um, I think if since they got different modes and stuff like that, maybe I'd be able to adjust to, like, maybe the, like, skill – um the skill gap or whatever. And they might have more modes that's like more welcoming to people in that game because they might have recognized that because we used to see people do that what like three, four, or five years ago at this point, or the game yeah. ain't been out for yeah, it's it around that time. But um, yeah. that's when I used to see all them videos and them people building them things and setting up barricades and then opening up a door and trap the other person in their hotel and you know what I'm saying just all that type of stuff. And I'm just looking mm. like man, you know. So those other so modes, at least there are a lot of modes that ain't got to worry about building. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you, the modes, I, I can probably pick up the game and play it, you know what I'm saying, at this point. So, um, I mean, Josh talked about it. He had sent his whole paragraph about it yesterday. I was like, maybe I'll try it. I mean, they got all this type Not of stuff. Not a whole paragraph. <laughs> it was like a sentence. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the way it looked in the group chat. But anyway, um, yeah, it wasn't. I'm exaggerating. That's, I mean, that's what you got to do, right? But, um, yeah, so... Like I said, I'd be more inclined to play. And to be fair, I did know they had different game modes to some capacity because I remember uh, my nephew had it on his or downloaded his Xbox or something, and they was just doing different things on them games. So um, it'd just be like 500. I think it's like something, get a whole bunch of kills or something like that, like a long team deathmatch or people just in these like custom lobbies and just weird different things and stuff like that. So I was like, I mean, I, I would try it or whatever. I just will have to have the time and really, you know what I'm saying, I want to play it with somebody, but, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'm dismissive of it because of the audience that it's, it's, it has obtained. I'm dismissive of it because I don't feel like it's a real it's But you a don't think kids skill. play multiverses? 
I don't really think it's skill based. I think it's uh, meant to have a lot of fun within it and the things that they have. They didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't lean into the skill of the game. They leaned into the build of the game and I am more skilled in the aspects that most people are terrible at. Like I would rather be someone that could do a to to survive based off of environmental positioning, shooting ability, and um, being able to manage what to ha- what's going to happen next. I think it was it, it turned into a who can build the fastest and who could who can end up shooting the most shots, and you know that wasn't fun for me. I don't think that's skill based. I think I guess it is skill based because you have to have a skill to build. I just don't think it was fun for me. Um, I know I don't. I'm not in the. I'm not in the. I am not in the space of believe there. There is no kids playing other games. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. I am saying that Fortnite is meant, at least for me. I don't know if it does. It have skill based matchmaking at this point. I have to read sure up a lot on it. I have, read up on I have to read up a lot on that game because I honestly I have been so out, out of touch with it that I be, I began to not care because obviously there's there's the kids that to play and they be with bot lobbies they don't usually win most of the time and they they stick in that mode that's how they still enjoy themselves because they're not playing the most hard dedicated people but once you start playing that hard and dedicated or you start winning if you put you in a group of people that may are a little bit more skillful may have more adults and may have younger kids mixed that are really just good at the game um so i mean it's not no different than other games i just know when i hear fortnite i don't think competitive i don't think skill based i don't think um cool i don't think that it's a a um a very skillful game but maybe that's just my perception of it now and not the reality so i will yeah. give it a try and i'm not gonna say that it, it has a lot of depth or anything to it like i've just been playing it for a couple hours but uh what i will what i do like that i want other battle royales to copy is that to have more like variety of content and also to let them all have like progression because a lot like Halo has custom games, for example, but you don't get experience for like the battle pass for playing custom games. So it's kind of like a waste of time. Whereas this, it doesn't differentiate if you're playing anything, whether it's you racing or like, you know, whatever mode, it all gives you experience. So they treat it all equally. So it just feels like not a waste of time. So if you don't it's, like Battle Royale, like you can play anything. in that GTA online space where they have a bunch of creative Yeah, that's probably. I like it. Yeah. I don't find... I, I, I find enjoyment in those for different reasons, so that is a reason for me to play. I just don't think... Um, when I think of it, I always think of a different way of the playing of, of Battle Royale. I should never... I, I no longer compare Fortnite to Apex because they're totally different games and they're totally different audiences. Um... But I understand that it can still have those pieces necessary to be 
up competitive to Fortnite and then uh, being competitive to Apex and then they can have those pieces that could be a competitive to GTA Online. So it's just because you do more don't make the game um, less than. That's what I'm trying to say because when you when when I when I think of doing more for a game, I think they're losing their core audience and what it was meant to be at the first beginning. But doing more sometimes can just mean you're growing said audience but keeping that still that still premise um intact um but it's really hard to do and it makes it it it, it, it makes the the focus of the player it, it's lacking because there's so many different things that's occurring and happening and changes that are made and made and how it how it dif dif differentiates itself from you know the custom modes to the regular mode to the battle royale to the single team versus team matches it's like it's all these different components that kind of causes it to now not be a it's no longer a a game it is a universe <laughs> and it, i think it has grown into that and that kind of overwhelms me at times and i just leave it for the universes the people that love that universe so um i download it i ain't got no problem with that um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm going to play all the time, but I mean, I download it, give it a <laughs> shot, see what's going to happen and go from there. Um, Man, cut to, cut to next week. I've been playing Fortnite all week with Deontay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that is possible. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that it's, it's the question was, is Fortnite for old people? Is Fortnite for older individuals? An answer we got from this conversation is yes. It's E for everybody. It's E for everybody, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Anything left for you, Josh or Jalen, on Fortnite? Nah, I give it a whirl, though. So. All right. We're going to give it a whirl. All right. Next up, I wanted to give a, a quick update on the Steam Deck. And my thoughts behind it as of now, it's been a while um, since I've had it and it has um, I pretty had a, had a pretty big impact. So um, I'm now going to, you know, kind of try to give an update on everything. Um, first, my first thought right now is the Steam Deck has it has a bad battery. <laughs> I, I can truly say that. I mean, it's okay because I got the expander, expanded um, story or expanded um, battery charger where I can charge it up to three times without having to plug it into a outlet. Um, but overall, it's like minor things that have occurred. So one of my biggest things that happened as of yet was performance issues occurred because I just had too much on my device i was jamming it full of custom things you know normal things i was losing space based off of too many proton um installs and all of this extra stuff where it would try to install the game and it'll mess up and there's not really a good way to delete everything so it caused my normal and i only have the 64 gig one my normal ssd card the internal 
um, storage to get filled up, causing issues, delays, problems, and it would it would it would stop me from downloading things, even though I was downloading it to my external hard drive because it had to cache and install things on the normal, uh the internal card in order for it to work properly. So all of this was happening and it was very annoying and it was like causing so many problems that I had to like essentially wipe my accounts, my, my, my um, steam deck. I had to wipe it clear. Um, and essentially I had to start all over <laughs> and it sucked. It sucked a lot because I had to put a lot of custom stuff into it. And it, it was like, um, a lot of things that happen, but my experience has gotten a lot better with my console or with my Steam Deck because of me simplifying what I wanted to do. I no longer have my um, my Epic Games. I don't have any custom like things outside of emulation, and it's very simplistic. I don't try to do the most anymore. It is very tame experience so even if it was to do that again i could get back to normality in a matter of 40 to 50 minutes versus going a whole four to six hours trying to get everything installed re re recalibrate re redone you know changing all my configurations man is it a headache um and to <laughs> remember all that stuff you have to literally get a book and start writing everything down because there's small incremental things that you do to adjust to make it a funner experience, but you don't remember what you did at that point if you've been playing it for a while. So that's my biggest gripe right now is that if it goes bad, it goes bad. And once it goes bad, you have to redo everything. And I just didn't like that process. So I simplified a lot of it. Um, what was your, what's your take? Um, Josh on currently your Steam Deck and what you enjoying it for and what you may not what you have seen if you have anything. Um, but talk tell tell the people about your Steam Deck experience. Uh yeah, it is um a it is just a PC just packaged in like a console form. So because of that, you are gonna have to deal with a lot of PC specific or focused things, especially mm -hmm. like, you know, uh clearing out shader caches and like you know all, all type of stuff like that and it can easily get messed up when you're doing all, all sorts of stuff like you said installing stuff and it fails so you reinstall it is it gonna wipe over what you did or is it gonna like duplicate Re it or duplicate. stuff like that mm -hmm. so it's um it's kind of a lot to deal with uh me i haven't done too much custom stuff outside of emulators on it because whenever it asks you like a lot, like, you know, go to the console and type in this command and stuff like that, it is cumbersome, but it also makes me I know that if I ever have any issues, then I'm going to it's going to set me back a lot of time trying to fix it. So I mostly just play Steam games or a couple emulators every now and then. So it's been it's running fine for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I going into it or at least expecting that you're going to be doing a lot of work. I think it's still like one of the best, obviously it's the best handheld, but one of the best ways to play games. It's just, it can't be for everybody. Like it, I know, me knowing Jalen and like how much time he has to put into stuff. I, I maybe wouldn't recommend it 
on that sense, just because there's a lot of maintenance to it. And for a lot of people, you know, they just want to pick up and play. And it seemed that it's close to being pick up and play for PC games, but it's still a PC. So you got to deal with that. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's good. I'm going to get my second one <laughs> soon this year because they <laughs> announced they, uh, they're going to get all the orders out by the end of the year. So we'll yeah. see. Wait, you got a second one? Yeah, because I, I bought, because it's impossible to get one. So I bought one from somebody selling theirs. But I still have my original order. And, and uh, I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, getting it and see what I'm going to do if I'm going to keep it or I'm going to sell it. But, yeah, I'm going to have two. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to, you know, be able to get it. Uh, from the just the off the reserve but yeah it's really hard to get it's a it's a whole thing on the steam deck um, reddit page about just people waiting for their orders and trying to figure out when they're going to be able to get their order and put it in so it's a huge thing and if i wanted to resell it i could probably get a lot of money for it but i i i use what i purchase and it sucks when people do that but i get it especially when you kind of have a need for it and you want it and you kind of you know do other things than just play or maybe it's like a necessary need for a certain situation like the um, reason i bought mine was because of my kids and i wanted to be able to play games and still be in their room or wherever they are so that was the that was the reason for me but luckily i lucked up and didn't have to you know pay anybody extra or whatever um but yeah what size did y'all get i got the 64 gig one yeah, I have a 64, but the the reason why I'm thinking about getting the second one is because it's the 512 version, which I was waiting for. Yeah. So he... Um, okay. Yeah, so that's the more most expensive, got the better screen, well, better gloss effect screen, and then it has um, the bigger internal SSD, or yeah, it's an SSD, right? Yeah. So... Um, yeah. It's um, it, it'll probably alleviate a lot of the pain points that I'm talking about. I have a 64 gig, so it's like it's really big, really fast, and a lot of the customization stuff could cause an issue. But the 512, you probably wouldn't run into that down. People won't go run into that as quickly as I would if they are doing a lot of customization. But mine's it just got in a boggle. It got a, it got to a bad point and. A lot of stuff wasn't working as well as I wanted it to. And it was so much stuff that I had to try to figure out how to clear up without knowing much about the, you know, how they do their system Linux. So it was, it was, it was, it was the time for me to have to just reset. Um, some people are smarter than me. I'm not saying that that's not capable of being done without resetting. I'm just saying that that's what I did. Um, so I went ahead and did that and it allowed me to get a better experience overall minimize a lot of the 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 pain points and it allowed me to now have a more streamlined approach to how i update my stuff and um and things like that so i still got my backups still got my stuff it's just you know setting up and rearranging all that stuff again um i think i'm gonna leave it to the automated systems and, and not tinker as much as i did before because tinkering is um you just have to remember what you did. That's all. That's the that's probably the biggest point. Um, but yeah, I'm still loving it. Um, runs like a dream now. Multiverses is great on it. Um, I'm loving that games are being cross save, cross play. That allows me to kind of play them and stuff like that. Um, 
I'm loving the fact that it's capable of running newer games and not, you know, being like a, a problem. I always expected it to because it was able to, you know, down, you know, run games like Control well and things like that. Um, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of life out of this Steam Deck and I'm going to be playing games in a different way because of it. Um, but I this is definitely my hands down my best product I've bought this year for sure. Um, it probably can beat out the Xbox, I mean the PS5, because the PS5, I bought it, and there's games that I played on it, but I don't play it as much as I should, um, but the Xbox I do play often, and that's just, just because of how I do, how I play games, but, um, yeah, um, it probably can beat out the, the PS5 at this point, but you know, I, I need some Sony exclusives, so I wouldn't be able to play Horizon, I couldn't play God of Wars. I mean, I wouldn't be wanting to play on no PS4 Pro anyway. Get that garbage out of here. Um, so yeah, but I really like the Steam Deck, I think it's really cool. I think it's a cool little device. Um, my B button, oh, I'm having a lot of issues with the B button though. Um, I was planning on trying to either send it back in or um, do a do the hack where you can like smooth down the edge so it doesn't get stuck. Um, I don't think I want to do that because I'd rather just send it back to them to fix. But I really don't want to um, send it back to them. It's gonna take forever. And then sometimes people were saying that it comes back with the same issue. So. Um, I'm hoping that there is like a like a quick fix that I can do to kind of fix it or there's something that um, allows me to, you know, make that problem go away because that is literally the only thing. I have a really good screen. I don't want to play the screen lottery. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that's like causing me to just be like, I'm going to hold on to it. So, but overall, great product. Uh, but that's all I got on the Steam Deck. Um, Jalen, when are you going to get you one? <laughs> I had thought about it. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I could get one, but uh, I think the biggest gripe that I got with it is that it's uh, it's so, I think it's only sold by Steam, so I can't, you know, try to run a finesse and stuff. I mean, I could, but, you know. But, um, <laughs> I mean, really just take advantage of, like, different stores offers and things like that. Um, that typically retail stores, uh, uh, you know, give out whether it's like a promo discount, anything like that. Um, that, and then, I mean, I can't get one right now anyway. I mean, I have to, I think I just went on a website. I think it says something about like Q4. Um, yeah. and then everybody like reselling them for a lot. So yeah. looking real quick, they, but I mean, I, that being said, you know, the pre-order is only $5. So if you can. If they ever get your order ready, you can still pre-order it. Yeah, you can still pre-order now. Um, if you want it, if you really wanted it, but um, or reserve. I, I want to like right like sooner than later. You know, what I'm saying why well, I got like free time at this point in my life versus you know because I, I was trying to catch up on some games and stuff too, but multiverse been taking up some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay, well. Um... But yeah, that's the Steam Deck. It's still a great product. If you can get your hands on it, I think you'll have a great time. I have some tutorials and things that I did on mine um, that were fun at the beginning, um, and they still are helpful at this time now. 
maybe I would leave off the epic and the um the hero launcher at this point. But other than that, I think everything else was a good a good choice in that getting started. You know, YouTube video is still a, a, a good watch, especially if you're just now getting it. Uh, but that's pretty much it on the um, Steam Deck. Next, um, and I believe it was the, um, uh, yeah, so this is a new thing we wanted to kind of introduce. We ain't got no name for it yet. We have a name at some point. The idea is to talk about, because we're all in uh, different spaces of relationships, um, and we have gamed a lot together over the years and we have had significant others as that time went on and um yeah we we got stories but this is uh basically what this um part of this uh podcast is going to be about is simply talking about gaming and having a relationship whether that is a topical um idea or what we want to talk about for the week or whether or not it is a something that someone writes in or something we a scenario we find online whatever the case may be this is what we're going to be pulling from we're going to have a conversation around it and we're going to give you some actual i don't know how serious we're going to be <laughs> we could be serious or we could be playing but it's going to be some advice um around gaming in a relationship because we you know it's been doing that for a minute now and we understand what it takes to uh, <laughs> sustain that and still play some games on the, on the, in your free time, of course. So this week, um, the, 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 the thing that we wanted to uh, discuss this time around, we found online, it was about does gaming, and this is the question I'm going to pose, does gaming affect romantic relationships? Um, it's a little broad, but it is something that I can tackle head on. Um, and I can take my, you know what? I'm gonna let you guys take the stance first because I don't (laughs) want to give, uh, I don't want to sway, um, or anything like that. Jalen, um, let's go with, no, I don't know. Whoever want to go first. Does gaming affect romantic relationships? I mean, uh, it does uh, with a lot of things, I guess, for being a gamer and in a relationship. You kind of mm-hmm. like, when you're playing a game, you don't focus too much on other outside stuff. Obviously, if there's something going on, like serious, you might uh, notice it, but you're fully immersed in the game. You're trying to enjoy the story or trying to win and stuff like that. And the main thing, it takes time. Like we play in the apex match. That means it's a minimum. Some it's an average of like 20 minutes per match. Uh, and so for your significant other, they might um, not like that. For me personally, I think it's comes down to like a couple things. One thing you can control other things you can't control. It's like one, uh, for me, it's like communication or at least trying to like um, compromise because like your significant other might feel neglected or we don't go out a lot or we don't talk enough. And that's stuff that you should always try to stay on top of and improve on because no matter what, that is like, I say valid feelings. 
yeah. um, in, a, in a way. Yeah, so even if you didn't notice it, you should try to listen to it and do what you can to adjust. And at the same time, they should be able to communicate that because it's, it's not like you should be the the one to take charge and like fix all the problems and read their mind. It's, it's a two, you know, it, it takes teamwork. Uh, on the other hand, I think that a lot of people, commonly women don't have the same experience where they didn't maybe grow up playing games like me. You know, I spent back in the day, I used to spend every day all summer playing Halo and Call of Duty and they probably didn't do that. So it might, it's just different lifestyles and not understand it. Um, that's, I would say, not my fault uh, for them not understanding it because, like, like we mentioned earlier in this topic, it's like, you know, somebody has spent five hours on their phone just scrolling on Instagram. But if I want to play the game for 20 minutes, I'm like addicted to video games. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> Uh, this, that, that ain't this topic. The addiction is another topic I want to talk about. Addiction to gaming, <laughs> addiction to anything is another topic. But this ain't this one. This is just simply does gaming. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that the perception based on your people's experiences be kind of warped sometimes. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't think it should be a problem. And that might be something that your significant other has to like learn. Grow. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of cater to and understand what it is. Uh, all right, understood, and I, I get your stance. Um, Jalen, do you want to go, or should I? Uh, you go ahead. Okay, so um, I, 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 I agree with what Josh is stating, and I agree that communication is key. Um, does gaming affect romantic relationships in general? Um, in my opinion, I don't think they do. They they are. I I don't think the gaming itself affects the relationship. I think the perception of what a gamer is affects the relationship. Um. A romantic relationship in that way because a gamer is someone who enjoys to play games a gamer is not someone that is a fix a fixated a gamer is not addicted a, a, or an addict a gamer is not obsessive that is not a gamer a gamer is someone that enjoys to play games there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of things bundled into what you consider a gamer. So when they say this, this topic itself is flawed because gaming does not affect relationships. The perception of what a gamer is does. Um, say for instance, you just met someone and you say, "I'm a gamer." I'm a, I play I play the games pretty often. That is what I do. But you don't do you don't entertain sports. You don't necessarily go. Um, you don't necessarily do like I don't know. You don't go to the bar. You don't bar hop. These are social events, but you will go to a social event like an EBL or something like that. You will go to a social event like a um, a LAN party or you will go to a Smash Bros party or something like that. 
those are still social events. Those are events that you go out and you find common people to do things with. So if you're a gamer or gaming and you're, in a, you're a healthy gamer, there shouldn't be no sense where a healthy gamer can affect the romantic relationship. Only the perception of what that person thinks of you is what's going to affect it. There's the same thing as carving out time to watch TV, watch sports. There's a common ground when it comes to TV. There's a common ground when it comes to sports. There's a common ground when it comes to any other activity that you enjoy to do. You could be the biggest comedian fan in the world and you follow someone around for, and through their entire tour. That's an addict. That's someone that is addicted to something, but they will not find it as a... Um, as much they, they don't they don't they don't have a hard time overcoming that in someone that sits around and plays the game all day because that that they feel as if that is a time waster but i feel the same for any other activity that does not that, that falls into that entertainment category tv watching instagram uh, sports all of that is entertainment so it falls into that same bucket with gaming just gaming is looked at in a different light. Um, so, do I simply think gaming affects romantic relationships? No. Jalen? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of along the lines of what you and Josh said. Um, I think games don't really affect relationships. I think, like you said, it's a perception and uh, the time management behind it. Uh, and I think, I mean, let me rephrase, how can I phrase this? Um, I do know sometimes people can have issues with people's hobbies or things that they like to do at their time. And that kind of ties into the point of what Josh has said about, you know, they might have a different perception on games and stuff because, you know, you might have grown up playing games and stuff and they didn't, you know, they might have mm -hmm. grown up doing something different. So it could be, they grew up something. They grew up doing something different, or uh, maybe you know, growing up uh, and getting away from things that they did as a kid to show "quote unquote" maturity, um, and then have an issue with the games in that said matter. If that makes sense. Mm. Um. So, but again, I mean, I think everybody got twenty four hours in a day, depending on how you use those twenty four hours, and if you're a gamer. You just like to play games um, and then maybe do social things that's based around games but still have balance. Um, I don't think it should um, affect the relationship. I mean, it's not like a detrimental thing where it's like a – I don't even really want to call it a habit because sometimes a habit can be portrayed as like a bad thing, but it's, a, it's not a detrimental hobby, if that makes sense. Like if somebody is doing something crazy, like, yeah, I like to sit in trash cans – you know, two hours out of the week and just basking them. You know what I'm saying? Then that's probably a little bit weird. You might be like, all right, this dude kind of, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, it, there's other things like you start smelling bad. You bring in, you know, you might bring in, you know, it got it got lingering effects versus you sitting in the corner. You know, I'm exaggerating once again, playing a game for a couple hours out of your day. And then like what we do, socialize in that same regard, like, I'm socializing with people. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just playing a game and I'm just, I'm hanging out with my friends on the game. Like that's what I'm doing right now. So I don't understand where's the, 
you know, where it can be an issue. Um, you can always argue about productivity and stuff like that, but I mean, let's face it, man, like human beings lazy, bro. We want, we want stuff in the easiest way possible. So, um, I don't, that, I feel like that's a little bit null and void too. So, um, I don't think that gaming negatively affects relationships. So, yeah. Um, so I guess with that being said, I know Josh, you did say yes to it. Um, I guess what, um, what essentially, I know you said it was the time wise. Um, and I think that timing of it and understanding how that relationship impacts the romantic or the, the how that how the gaming impacts it is is i guess i guess if i look at it from a broader stance of does sports impact gaming or romantic relationships does this impact romantic relationships i still fall under that category of no because it's it's that but i guess what was your thinking and your process behind that yes um I say yes because it is an active thing that you do. So, for example, if I like to play games, that means I'm probably going to be inside the house, mm. probably connected to the internet for a good bit of time. So, like, oh, I'm going to play Halo or whatever with you guys, and we're going to play for four hours. And then when I'm done, it's okay, and maybe I'm going to hang out with my significant other. It, it's all of those things because it's time, it's where you do it, it's how you do it. And that affects like how your significant other might want to do things. Since I've been in the house all day, maybe they want to get out of the house or we, we play in the game and we're allowed and they want, might we want to switch to a, a quiet environment. So I'm not saying that video games inherently are bad for um, relationships or negatively affect them. It's the same as all other things. So if I play sports all the time, me and Jalen go and play basketball, we're going to play basketball all afternoon. It's, everything affects your relationship and it's your responsibility in the relationship to like deal with it and adapt to it. So, you know, I'm not saying your significant other should be telling you to stop playing the game or stop playing out with your friends, but you got to also, you know, recognize their needs once you're done or whatever. Okay. I agree. I, I agree with the sentiment of gaming as if anything else, could have an, an adverse impact on um, your relationship, and uh, mon monitor and monitoring those things and those habits are key. I guess when I when I read that question, I read it from a stance of: Is gaming going to impact the relationship um, in like a negative way? I guess I shouldn't have put that negative sense. Yeah, on it's going to impact it in unique ways. That's, it's just going to be a more of a effective. It's going to it's going to effectively cause a a um, something to it. It's going to have a cause or an effect to that because it's a cause and effect situation. Yes, um, but I think it. I think when I read it and I replace it with sports, when I replace it with bar drink uh, day drinking or replace it with like day, well day drinking yes i think as a cause of, i think that has a, a different type of effect on a romantic relationship but you know bar hopping um clubbing um 
that yes, the law can have some sort of form of impact. I just and I agree in the essence of in in, in this case here, I'm still gonna I'm sticking with no. Um, but I get what you're saying. I, I do get what you're saying though. I think it has to have some form of, of effect, and um, that is what that is what that that is what you're talking to. Um, oh, okay. Well, I don't, I didn't want to put too much on emphasis on this said topic alone because it is so much to talk about relationships in gaming, but um, it's 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 nice to hear the difference or the the understanding of what it is and the common common ground of what you takes to kind of combat it because um, simply put, it is. It is a normalcy to have someone of between the ages of 18 and 30 uh, to play games. It's not, it's not unnormal. It's not like a, it's not uncommon anymore. It's it's pretty common for someone to have some type of gaming in their in their life. It's just too many of us at this point. So, um, yeah, some of the ways that Josh has explained is simply continue to keep that communication high. Continue to to, to monitor the way you, you know, you, you, you go to bat about gaming. You don't want to be standoffish. Like, I'm just going to play it. You got to shut up and think, about, you know, you can't just be that type of guy. Um, you are or a female. You just can't be that type of person. You, you have to, you know, have some type of common decency, some understanding and, and, and really evaluate whether or not you're addicted or not. That is a, that is self-evaluation is key. You can't just pretend like it's not a problem. Um, but yeah, anything you want to add before we, um, move on, Josh, Jalen, any rebuttals, uh, any differences? Anything nah, like man, that? I'm just with you on that. Just is everything you do within a relationship is going to have some sort of ramification, whether it's, uh, positive or negative, um, everything you do, whether you eat chicken every day, uh, whether you... <laughs> You like throwing computers at a wall, like you know what I'm saying? Everything you do gonna have an effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, the next thing I wanted to talk about, um, and it's the last thing for the day. I wanted to uh and I don't know if we if you guys even seen it, but it's this game called Arc Raiders by Embark. Um only seen it like once or twice. I don't know if it's like uh I actually don't know what the game is, but it looks like Destiny. Um and it looks pretty pretty interesting. Uh have you seen anything about Arc Raiders, Josh? No, I have not. Let me check it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have I saw one trailer about the game, but I don't know I haven't seen any like gameplay or anything about it. Yeah, they just had a gameplay reveal. I don't know when this gameplay reveal actually came out. Um, but they just had some game. Well, actually, it was in twenty. It looks more like the Space Division to me. <laughs> it does look like Division. It's not like a lot of bombs, a lot of booming. Um, it. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Is it from the people that's at Dice? That was at Dice before. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if this is like the new company that the, like the Dice people left and like made 
that'd be interesting because it definitely looks like Battlefront. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if these are the people that kind of made this game. But it looks really interesting. It reminds me of a lot of um, Battlefront plus Destiny. Like a lot of, it looks as if you're going to be looting. It looks like you're going to be exploring. You're going to have very weird and destructive things happening all over the place. Big, large monsters and, and like enemies to fight. Robotic, things like that. It's it reminds me of those games and I'm, I'm really interested in just trying to get more information about it because as of now it's just it just links you back to the trailer which was came out in 2021 i didn't know about this game until like a couple of days ago which is weird because you would think that they would have a little bit more information on it but not really i thought it was something new that came out about it and honestly it's the same old same old trailer I'm trying to see if they had something on Twitter that kind of made it um, repopulate itself. Let me see. Like, did they announce anything? No, from what I've seen of it, it might have been, because I think it was like 2021, but it might have been at like a Gamescom or something like that where there were other games showing. But mm. the, the trailer for it came out and it looks, uh, it looked good graphically. Uh, like, it looks like a Fallout. I mean, not Fallout, but a space um, game with some sort of futuristic slash retro elements. Mm. And then uh, gameplay-wise, it's it's third person, I believe, right? Um, and it kind of looked like the Division, but you're in like open environments, kind of like Destiny. So mm -hmm. from the premise, it seems okay. But yeah, with it being early or they're not having a lot of information, it's too... For me, too early to judge, but um, I'd be interested in seeing more about it um, because a lot of games come out that are looter games, and obviously you can't judge them until you actually, it actually launches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, from first impressions, it looks very nice. Like graphically, it looks like a AAA quality, uh, but we got to see what they they can do with balance and like content wise. Okay. Yeah. Um, if it is even like online focus, I know it probably has multiplayer, but it might just be PvE. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's um, I think it's worth the time to put in, like check it, check it out. But um, it seems it seems fun. It seems like they got a lot of unique things happening in it. Um, I'm not sure how big the actual you know, parties are going to be like if they're going to be four parties because it looks like it's a lot of people on screen, but they could be like the battlefront effect where it's really six, but you got like a bunch of robots to make it look all bombastic and all that good jazz, you know. So, um, I'm just look, looking to see more. I thought it was more, but really, it's only the trailer. Um, but never talked about it, um, and it piqued my interest a lot. So, hoping for a, um, Hoping for a great game out of this one. <laughs> That's all I can say. I hope that I, I hope I'm not messing that up and thinking that these are the old dice people, but it definitely gives me dice vibes. So I haven't seen anything on their Twitter or anything in regards to it. So I'm gonna just leave it as a new studio, Embark Studios. So I did see somebody in a comment that's like, let's see what the uh, real dice can do. So I don't know if that has any indication of 
if it is an old dicer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I I was reading the comment section. They were talking about it. And I was like, is this the old dice or what? But I couldn't find any confirmation on it, so I just let it be. Um, but that would make that would make sense because again, this game looks a lot like Battlefront, and at the same time, dice has been trash for the longest. I would I I, I could see them have being left that studio and went out and made their own Battlefront without the eye licensing. That makes a lot of sense to me. Well, that's pretty much all I had at this point. Um, I didn't want to keep us too long. It still was a little longer than I expected. But if you got here, I appreciate you guys listening. I always enjoy when you get to this part. You, you're the real OG. Um, we're going to have some more topics for you coming up soon. No promises as usual. But we're going to um, try to keep it um, productive around here for the time being. But... Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, let us know what you think in the comment section, whether or not you want us to talk about a certain particular topic around gaming um, and give us some advice on it. So let us know. We'll be around. And in the meantime, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys in the next one. Peace.